Welcome to the Caring for Carer series, episode three, Carer of Many, the inspiring story of one burnt out to thriving carer. In this episode, I interview Sharon Gavioli, who shares her story about how she turned her caring journey into somewhat of a celebration of herself. Sharon is a mother of seven, has a close relationship with her husband, who she's been married to for 39 years, is a registered nurse, an adult educator, a counsellor, and now manages a team of 17. She also supports businesses to implement healthcare-related strategies to better serve organisations and their employees. And so with this monumental wealth of experience in caring for others, we thought Sharon was just the person to speak to about how to do caring well. But it hasn't all been smooth sailing, as Sharon shares. Let's have a listen and find out how she turned her caring journey around from one that was really draining her physical and mental health to one that is now very enriching and more productive than ever. Hi Sharon, Um, welcome to our special Carers Week um, podcast. Well, first of all, you're a mother of seven. That's right. (laughs) Yes, I said seven. Yeah. And you have um, been a registered nurse, an adult educator, a counsellor. That's correct. um, And are currently leading a team of 17. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your, I I guess, your journey as a carer um, through, through the years? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, when I reflect back, you know, my life's been all about caring, really, in, in a number of different roles. Obviously, um, even when I, um, I'm from a big family, um, I was one of nine children, and I think I even started back then in, in some sort of caring role. Um, my mum was quite overwhelmed um, with the number of children she had, and I, I was naturally very caring. And so took on a little bit of a caring role in the family there as well. And um, and then when I became a nurse, obviously that's very much about caring for people as well. And uh, I did that in the acute setting, um, actually looking after patients, you know, in the hospital setting um, for about 20-odd years. Um, but I did get a little bit... Um, burnt out actually around um, probably caring from a place of um, taking too much responsibility. And I did that a little bit too in in having my seven children Um, and being the main carer because my um, partner basically, you know, he was the provider. I did work. I always did work, um, but I worked part-time or I had my children. And um, coming from a place of caring where I, you know, probably was taking on a little bit too much responsibility I got a bit burnt out there as well it's um too much responsibility is quite common for mothers isn't it it's it's huge. A bit of a human epidemic. It's absolutely an epidemic um, with women, um, just generally, and some women are not even mothers. You know, I think women caring for their parents or, you know, caring for their friends or caring for people at work, um, there's this tendency, 
you know, to put ourselves last in it and that we, uh, yeah, you know, stop taking care of ourselves. And I think that's one of the big, biggest problems in that person who is naturally caring, um, that we, you know, don't know where our boundaries are really, Nikki. It's like we, we just take it a bit too far and leave ourselves behind. And I've seen that too in my role as a nurse and watching carers taking care of, you know, quite sick people. Um, often the carer is just completely burnt out and in trying to meet all the needs of this person who's sick and it, it just doesn't work. That's what I've discovered anyway. It simply doesn't work. Yeah, and and I, I guess a lot of the time they um, carers are managing multiple responsibilities, like different areas of their life are caring. So we could be a manager um, in the corporate sector and managing a team of people and in a sense we're caring for those people, like all that would be our true intention, but then we could be caring at home for our children and we could be caring for some elderly parents. So um, you can see how it would be very easy to get lost in that caring uh kind of identity if you like yeah I think that's a good way to describe it Nikki I think it is an identity that you do take on that I'm the carer and people need me yeah I can relate to what you're saying around because you mentioned that I now manage a team of 17 people and there is very much a caring element in it I think uh, in a, a true manager or a true leader it is about making it about the people and and supporting the people um, to, uh, you know, do the very best they can because, you know, work's not just, you know, you're not robots, you know, you're people who have lives and things impacting you. So you need to be open to, you know, how you support that person um, to, to do the very best they can in the workplace. But um Often um, that's either left behind. I think a lot of managers don't actually take that part and then the people feel a little bit uh, disconnected um, in their workplace. Um, But I think the identity thing is huge um, in the sense that taking on a role uh, that actually I, I can see from my past, it gave me a sense of feeling I had some work that I actually, uh, I mattered, I suppose, in some way. And I, I really, yeah, I can see how I actually took that on from a very young child because I could see that my mum wasn't quite coping and, you know, I was quite capable and, you know, would rally the troops. And, um, yeah, I can see how that's played out in my life quite a lot. Um, in um, how it happens and but also particularly how it particularly happens for women and and how as you mentioned before it's happening in so many different aspects of our lives you know uh, you know caring at you know work you know then you come home and caring at home for the children if you've got children or you know caring for your you know your parents or you know can be you know caring for your um you know your siblings it it can go or friends it can go everywhere and I think there's a bit of a crossover between caring and going into like almost a mothering type role 
um, where we, we sort of slip over into thinking mothering is actually or caring's about having thinking we have to provide it all and we have to do it all and that person who we're caring for, be that our children, aren't really almost capable of doing anything and I think that's fraught with a whole lot of problems. I was actually talking to my daughter who's my youngest daughter is now 17 and um, she was telling me about she's just been recently been on a camp and she was over at her boyfriend's place and she was watching his mum uh, just you know telling him where everything was and he was asking where things were and you know really going into this over drive of thinking she was caring for him by you know helping him out with what he needed to get ready for this camp and she came home and she said to me you know mum you know what you know you don't do that with me she said um you just let me sort of you know work out what I need to get because I know where things are and I know what to do and because I actually have learned along the way not to be in the position of yes providing care and support but not doing for something something for someone they can do for themselves and I, I spoke to her around what does it do to somebody when a carer goes into sort of this overdrive that we have to do everything for you and we have to show you how to do it what how does that leave the person and she said it leaves them she could feel that left her boyfriend feeling like like he doesn't know what to do and he's not capable and so, yeah, we were just talking about really this position of where you go into this overdrive as a carer in mothering per se and that, yeah, you're often not doing the person any favours really and you're definitely not doing yourself any favours. That's a, that's a hard thing to transition out of in, in some ways, isn't it? But I, I guess my question next is what is the cost to both the person you're caring for who on some level needs some care that's right like it's deciding it's um kind of discerning the level of care isn't it what's really needed and and when that becomes a disempowerment I guess so what's the cost to the person and then what's the cost to you as the carer when you yeah. overcare? Yeah, well, I suppose in that example, I think I just started to say the cost to that person is they can, just like you said, can feel disempowered, start to take on a, a bit of belief, I can't do it, I need someone to take care of me. But you're right around what you just said, Nikki, there's a difference between what I would say is sort of reading or feeling what's needed because with my daughter with this trip she did need a little bit of support you know um around a couple of areas but it was around you know obviously she's at the age where she could come to us and ask could you know we support her in these certain things which we did I think uh for uh you know when you're bringing up children it's around that parent or mother um you know, feeling where that child's at and it's very different for each child. You know, I wouldn't say with each of my children, they would say just say around, you know, they need support with, you know, food and, and um, you know, all the little things, you know, being getting dressed and as they're little. But just finding that moment or that time where you can feel that they're ready to take that next step 
and that you can feel you don't need to stay involved. You know, you don't need to keep doing it for them because the key thing there is you need to look at what you're getting out of it if you want to keep doing it and and letting that child almost lead the way or the person to lead the way like my daughter um, she knows that she can come to us to ask for the support when she needs it but she also knows now that we trust her to do what she can for herself and I think that's with children you can do that but I also have seen in that more um carer like looking after someone I've actually had um my mum and my sister both um be diagnosed with uh cancer leukemia which they have passed over from but in that process there was also that um fine line that they absolutely did need a lot of care and a lot of support because physically they weren't able to but it was always for me checking in with them around, you know, what they felt they needed, but at the same time checking in with me around what I could offer. And if I couldn't offer it, and there were times I couldn't um, because my, particularly my sister used to get very anxious at night when she was in the hospital and she wanted someone to stay with her. And I just knew if I didn't get to bed at a reasonable time, I had learned that I would be, I couldn't really offer her any true care by the next day. Um, so that was something I couldn't offer her. And I'd just be clear with her that I couldn't offer her that. And so I think part of that is being clear with the person around what you can actually do. And um, yeah, having that clean clear lines of communication, I suppose, Nikki, but also to, I think, helping them understand why they may feel like they need that care because sometimes people want people to care for them too because, like I mentioned, they're frightened or they're, um, you know, there's something else going on for them, you know, in preference to um, actually needing the level of care they actually need. Um, they think they need it's a bit like the same for the carer the carer has a little bit of a uh, underlying agenda sometimes that you need to look at within yourself around what's my motivation why am I feeling like I have to almost kill myself I, I yeah I was like that as a mother in the beginning I felt like I had to no matter what keep going and keep pushing myself to the expense of myself and with someone, uh, depending on the situation, you know, checking in with that person, you know, what might be really going on for them if they are sort of, you know, demanding a level of care that might not be, um, you know, really truly what's needed. Does that make sense? Mm. It does. And you can you can feel it even with quite young children, I find. Um, my daughter's seven mm. and say, for example, she's been practicing her shoe shoelaces with yeah. a grandparent or someone yeah. else and she's been very capable of doing it like she she learned how to do it over the holiday okay. and then it comes home she comes home and and she does it for a day because she's enthusiastic and then something goes on and it's like mum can you do oh. it quick I'm you know rushing for the bus or whatever and 
you can feel the resistance to to kind of I guess going there to to mm. growing up a little bit yeah. on some level I mean that's just two laces but um, no, I think yeah, and it's it's really managing that, isn't it? Being able to go well, no, instead of going into the mother's guilt, which is so common. Oh yeah, the mother's guilt. Um, I could write a yeah, an essay more than I could write a book on it actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I would love that <laughs> <laughs> book on mother's guilt. Yeah, mother of seven would be the perfect yeah. perfect author. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like managing our own response to their reactions when they are digging their heels in basically as well isn't it to in order to bring more self-care to ourselves to be able to care more for them absolutely it's a two-way street absolutely yeah and I think that's Nikki is you know instead of sometimes mums particularly can go into it I'll just do it you know because we're busy and quick and whatever but without actually stopping and it is a feeling thing do you know what I mean? It is a little bit of going, okay, what is really needed in this moment for that child? Is, is it supportive to actually tie her shoelaces? And maybe sometimes it might be, but in other times it could be no, what she really needs right now is actually just to be supported, encouraged to do it herself and given the space to do that. And I think that happens a lot as a child um, is growing up. You know, they they will want to have a go and then they might sort of get a little bit oh this it is about growing up and that can feel a bit scary at time both for the child and the mother because as a parent you can be a little bit attached to your children staying little or actually attached to the mothering role um, mm-hmm. Because you get a bit of that identity that you spoke about before, you know, I'm the mother and you've, a woman sort of really lost herself as still being a woman who's actually a mother. So we've sort of merged ourselves in just to being the mother and we're getting very identified and we're getting a sense of what I call, what I used to get a sense of worth. I used to get my worth from what I could do for my children. And then, until I started unpack that my worth has nothing to do with anything I do at all. It's something innate within me that didn't change. And that did take a bit of a process to unravel all that. But it's the same thing with our children or people we're caring for. It is around supporting and empowering them to actually know their own abilities and to know that they have everything they need to be in life. And we're just here to support. So it's really probably true caring is offering true support for the person to support them to do what they can and feel in each moment, you know, what's needed in that moment. You know, sometimes my daughter, like she has certain things she needs to do around the house. As part of her contribution, we all, you know, contribute to the household. But at times, you know, I can feel she needs some support with something if there's a lot going on with her life. So I'll come in and do that in that time. Does that make sense? Mm, it does. And just like sometimes I might have a lot going on in my life, maybe at work or something going on for me personally, then we can, someone else can come in and support me. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's very fluid. 
I think the thing is, there's no rules. It's it's not about a rule. It's about feeling really what's need, needed. But we can't get to that as carers or as parents until we actually know ourselves first, and we have to unpack that in ourselves. And you can see that in the workplace too. Like I know for myself, when I'm challenged with a new learning, a new skill, or 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 stepping up in some way um and i i want there there can i want the support of somebody but i'm sometimes trying to grasp on a little bit too tight because i don't want to let go of the railing so to speak and there may be a, a person in the team and it could be the other way around i could somebody could be coming to mm. me with that and it's like it's, it's okay we're here we've we kind of got the the net the trampoline net underneath you um, but you need to actually be the baby bird and fly off, you know, yeah. the, the ledge I love, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that is, I love that. I actually had this happened at work um, with this team because I'm really, I'm only five weeks in this new job and um, there's a bit of change that has to come fairly quickly. It's change that's coming outside of me from another, you know, another sort of um, funding body and, I was just speaking with the team in a meeting around, you know, what this change is and, and, you know, giving, you know, getting their feedback on it and, you know, taking them with me with it because change can be really huge for people, very unsettling as you're saying, and and, and we can want to hang on. And after the meeting I just noticed one of the women, something was not right with her and, um, I went in, I said, are you okay? And she just breaks down in tears. And she was just feeling super overwhelmed um, with, and it wasn't huge, this thing that was being asked of. It's just, it's just one small peep. And we just unpacked it. And what it got down to is that she puts a lot of pressure on herself to get things right and do it really right. And she felt what was being asked was putting a pressure on her to do it quicker or something. And, um, yeah, it was just really interesting just taking the time to unpack that with her and to provide that support in understanding where she's coming from and then we can have a way forward how to work with that. Does that make sense? So I think a key part of this, as we're talking, Nikki, is really communicating, actually expressing to each other around what's going on. And I think something feel that's something we don't always do so well. You know, we, we actually mm. think it to ourselves, but we don't actually say it. You know, just say in the case of your daughter, the shoelaces, you know, having a conversation with her, her around that, you know, how are you feeling? You know, you, you know you've been practising your shoelaces you know, are you not feeling so confident today or, you know, what's going on, you know, and and then we get to it and then we get somewhere together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think as mothers, I mean, you know, as a mother of seven, I've only got one daughter. Mm. I just hats down and I do not know how you would do seven. <laughs> um, but Nor do I now, in, actually. In, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I think that's probably the question on everyone's mind. Um, but I, I guess in that, like what, like being um, able to, um, it, no, sorry, there's a thing that comes up with 
I think all parents, yeah. it's like it's easier to just do it for them. Yeah. And or it could be even a manager. Like sometimes with my team, I'm like, it's easier if I just do it mm. with them. But I'm learning to go, no, teach them the skills. Mm. Like that is a great um, gift to them if if I bring with that patient, whether it is a child or a colleague. Um, a partner, it's, it's anybody, a absolutely. Yeah, anyone. Anyone. That's right. And yeah. Yeah, but it letting go of that control, I guess. It, it, it's um, huge. And with the control, Nikki, you're letting go of the identification with the role. You know what I mean? And what you're doing is you're asking everyone to be everything they are. You know, you're asking them to bring all that they can to the table, which is so beautiful when that happens. And I very much have transitioned out of what that particular pattern you've spoken about where I'd go oh well I'll just do it you know what I mean it's quicker it's easier to very much that that role more of just supporting and showing and then at some point as you you said earlier you know just going okay it's your time to fly now but it's okay to make mistakes you know what I mean it's okay you don't have to be perfect in it and and it's like you're really we're developing people, but in that we're developing ourselves too. You know, we're sort of um, learning together. That's what I really love about that. And it's so beautiful when it when they do feel the support and they do jump off the ledge and fly. It's they feel safe that you're there mm. because you've either delivered in a way that. Um, they can feel that they're not on their own. Yeah, um, absolutely. With it. Mm. And then it's easier going forward, isn't it? But it's it's kind of from the carer first to go to to let go of the reins, so to speak. Yeah, um, the, the carer definitely has to let go of the reins and the thinking that you, you, we're the ones because I used to be the, I used to think, you know, I'm the only one that can really do it properly. I, I see that a lot too, you know, and I need you to need me. And so that they're the key things that you need to look at and let go of. And, and you need to see that person as be that, you know, a child, your partner, your parents, you know, someone who's not well in your life, your staff, whoever that may be, as somewhere you need to see them at, at within them, they actually are capable and, and they have everything that they need. But sometimes they just need that support just to bring it out. In saying that, you know, all of us are different and we all have different strengths and we don't have to be all good at the same thing. I'm very strong at this at my work. I, I say a great team is a team where we're all working from our strengths and supporting each other in the areas that we're not so strong at. And I think that's a really great way to work together. So we don't all have to be the same. Um, as such, but we do need to actually um, provide everyone with the opportunity to bring what they have to the table. And that's what parenting is. You know, it's like you're seeing that that child has everything they need within them and that you're there just to support them and to guide them to bring that out, yeah, not to do it all for them or tell them how it should be or mould them how you want them to be. That's, I think, something that parents can sometimes do. It's like, you know, you're there walking beside them. And I think all carers 
be that in any of those roles, you're walking beside someone in preference to actually like almost being a top of or a head of, you know, that almost I'm a bit better than sort of position because it's a it's a it's in not equal in the um the sense of uh the relationship yeah so you know it's walking beside someone is very much that you're equally walking together and you're offering each other something and so if you let go of some of that identity and that yep. um you know you can end up feeling quite empty with that so what are some because and also um bringing that other person to your equal yeah it can feel quite um what's the word a bit discombobulating I guess yeah and it can very much so yeah being able to um support that person with more space and um and everything we've talked about how like how did you do it because you I've seen photos of you mm-hmm. from when you were raising your children yeah. and to how you are today and you look 20 years younger than you did 20 years ago <laughs> thank you Nikki it's like, I feel 20 years younger it's, it's such an amazing transformation to be but to be able to let go of that um holding of that um, over caring to being someone that can care for so many and still deeply care for herself yeah like what are some practical things that you have learned along the way well it's been quite a journey and it's not something that happens overnight Nikki it is I had to really start looking at all the things I thought were true about me I had to, like I realised I'd taken on a lot of what I call ideals and beliefs around how I should be as a mother or as a partner and I started slowly just seeing them for what they were. Um, Probably the biggest thing for me was I knew something was right because no matter how much I was caring or doing, I always felt like I was never quite enough. I always felt like I failed, to be honest. I, I just felt, and that would put me in a cycle of like trying again and again and again, like I'd sort of go, oh, God, you know, you failed again, you're stuffed up. And then basically I, what I'd do is regather and then try even harder. And it was getting me nowhere. Like I was getting, obviously, as you said, I was about 25 kilos heavier than I am now. I had a... You know, I was sick. I was getting like a flu every two weeks. I had a thyroid issue. I had an adrenal issue. I was really unwell. And I think one of the key things was starting to look at the way I was living just wasn't true. You know, it just wasn't working. I had to be honest it wasn't working. That's the first step. Unless you're honest it's not working, you're not going to go anywhere. Yes, I had to get honest with my body, myself. And obviously my body was being honest with me, but I wasn't always listening. Yeah. So I started then, I just slowly started to unpick all the things I thought was true around having to do everything and be everything for everybody. And then the next step I did, I actually um, had been involved with some a group that was around supporting women to understand what true self-care was, what self-nurturing is, 
what self-worth was. And um, I remember someone said to me, um, um, all you need to, to do is self-nurture. And I walked away. I was in a session. And I walked away and I went, I have no idea what there is. I, 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 it was like these words. But I had no concept of self-nurture. It was foreign to me, completely foreign. So I started pretty slowly. I sort of got to understand that self well, firstly, I had to be a bit more self-loving and self-love is actually starting to say no to the things that don't really feel true. So I started to say no to foods that didn't support me. I started to say no to staying up super late. I used to think a lot of mothers think that they have to stay up after the kids go to bed. And I used to, Nikki, once they all got to bed, and I had a lot of kids, so it's quite late by the time most of them got to bed. Mm. So I'd get the telly, and on certain nights I'd have the chips and the chocolate together, and that would be my idea of me time. You know, there I was just sort of zoned out in front of the TV, and I'd stay up to about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, and then fall into bed. And one of the things I changed is starting to go to bed earlier. It was really simple. I just realised I had to let go of the me time thinking and thinking me time is actually going to bed and getting enough sleep. So that uh, that changed my life like you wouldn't believe. I, I can't tell you. It It's just going to bed. You, something goes simple, you know, and slowly I started mm. to get getting up. I started to go, I was able to get up earlier because I wasn't eating food that was you know, making me feel really heavy, gave away the chips and the chocolate. You know, that's been an ongoing journey. That didn't happen overnight. And there are times, you know, I fall back in in certain things with foods. Yeah, so um, no perfection there for sure. Um, But other things I did, one of the key things I did is I was a five-minute wonder getting dressed. I used to pride myself on I could slap myself together in five minutes. And I actually decided I had heard how important it is to set up your day, take, take time, give yourself space in the morning. So what I did, I start, started taking a shower in the morning and, and I shower at the night. I have two showers a day, but the shower in the morning was something for me, the warmth of the water on me. And then I would actually just take time to just get ready you know you know not super long but I I went from five minutes to about a half an hour and I actually shut the door on my children because I started this when I still my children was you know I still had younger children and they were really upset in the beginning because they're so used to being able to just always have access to me um but I actually said no that I needed this space in the morning and um that really changed my life as well and I started that probably about 10 years ago and I keep that up to today. That's one of my solids in my every day. I do that every single day, have my shower, you know, I've got a chair in my bathroom, I sit down, I've got a mirror, you know, magnifying because the eyesight's not as good as it used to be and where I actually, you know, apply, even if it's you know, not a lot, you know, it could be just my moisturiser if it's a weekend and I just take time for me and, yeah, just giving myself space was just huge and that mm. and even though the kids and even my husband did, you know, um, get a little bit 
um, they reacted a bit, I suppose. They were used to me being self-sacrificing, you know. Uh, on 24-7. On 24-7. So naturally they reacted yeah. and I understood, you know what I mean? You know, it's like suddenly I was changing the rules of engagement. Yeah. Um, but just those little things, Nikki, over time and that just increased and I just weeded out any pockets of feeling that I wasn't worthy. Yeah. You know, and that still mm. continues today. You know, there's still little pockets where I'll go, oh, I think I'm doing that because I want someone to recognize me. And why don't I feel enough just being me? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a beautiful process. And like my home life now, oh my God, when I think about it, it's completely transformed. Everyone cooks, everyone cleans, um, everyone, everyone contributes. Um, I've got two ch older children who still live at home. Every single person contributes. I, I, I feel like I'm still a mother, but I'm now a woman who's a mother. I'm not just a mother who's or a sister or a manager or a, a carer of my, you know, when my, my sister and my mum were sick. I'm not just that for them. I, I, I'm someone who makes me a true priority because I deserve it and there's something inside me that is deeply needs honouring and when I honour that, it makes all the other things super or so much easier. You know that reading we were talking about or feeling what's needed in that moment? It's only possible from all those other steps that I've taken. Does that make sense? Yeah, it wouldn't have been possible yeah. without that. Yeah, and there's such a, a beautiful reflection then for all the other people in your, your life, it, particularly the girls and women who, you know, everything else in society is telling them to be that carer that's on tap 24-7. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. what you can offer all your children is, and, and, and the boys as well. Oh, God, yes, the boys very much so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're seeing we're working a lot with dads at the moment. Um, there's a lot of dads that are taking on a lot more caring responsibilities, and I can see a tendency for them wanting to be the super dads, like the super mums, absolutely, and kind of going going into over caring. And and because they've you know in in some ways they may have been guilted into it or or whatnot, but they have to find their own with that as well and what they can offer in terms of a reflection to their children and, um, you know, their teams at work. Oh, absolutely. I've seen that um, happen in my own with my own husband. He was very much that man, the breadwinner um, out there and, and left a lot of the house. I took it on because, you know, we, we there's no blame. I, that's what I've discovered too, Nikki, that's been very super freeing is um, – not to blame anyone for the circumstances I ended up in, you know. They were yeah. almost self-created to mm. for me not to feel the lack of self-worth I had, to be honest. And I was playing the roles to try and fill those spaces where I felt a bit empty. And so it's been a bit of a journey for him too with me changing or, you know, embracing more of the woman first 
he's had to readjust him himself too. And it was interesting, he went into a little bit of the uh, where I let go of some of the stuff and asked the children to step up. He went into a little bit overcompensating and doing a little bit too much for them. And he's now starting to come out of that himself to find, you know, his way with that, that truly supports both of them. So no, you know, there's no resentment. It's interesting. That's another thing I used to feel a lot of resentment, guilt. I've spoke about, I used to feel resentment. If you're feeling any resentment, you know, you're not doing that from a place of true support. Yeah. It's when I, yeah, that was my key marker. I felt resentment or, you know, got angry or whatever, I knew that I had overstepped the mark. It wasn't anybody else. It was me that had done that to myself. And um, that's a good marker even now. If I ever get a little bit, I've overstepped the mark and probably done a little bit too much that wasn't quite true, I can feel that resentment come and I go, oh, okay, I can see where I've, you know, just probably fallen back into something that wasn't quite right. It's all true. Mm. Mm. And you can really feel it as the person being cared for when somebody's coming from a place of resentment <gasps> and when their, yeah. their care is true. Like I've seen um, there's someone in my life oh. who is ill and um, we there's different approaches to how me and a couple of others care for that person yeah. and I've seen their response to um myself and how I care for her which is you know without the heaviness and without the resentment like I'll only support when I can and I like I and I can feel the judgment from the Mm. others when I say no no but I have to be steady with that because otherwise I know I then go to that person who we're caring for and I go with a um I just don't want to be there in that moment because I feel like I'm being forced on some level yeah you know and even if it's myself forcing it's still they can feel it and they don't I, I and this person um will react like the, the person that's being cared for because they can feel that I'm not as my light you know genuinely wanting to be in their presence yeah you know so it's they can feel it as well. It, it, that is so true, Nikki. Um, it's almost I've got another sister who's not well at the moment and I've just um, it's like when we go more out of obligation is what you're talking about or feeling we have to mm. and I think, you know, there can be a lot of obligation in mothering or in caring in preference to just bringing what we truly feel in that moment and with that, it's just like you mentioned, there's a lightness and there's almost a joy in it. I know with this particular sister, when I I have gone at times out of obligation because she doesn't really have too many people in her life, and it's she can feel it, and it's it's I don't know. We both walk away feeling yuck, to be honest. Yeah, and when when what you're saying, when you honour what's true, there's a lightness, and it's almost when when I go like that with it, there's a joy, even though she's in a difficult circumstance there's more joy and more love I don't know yes it's absolutely true what you're saying there it's very true something but yeah the opposite of hard work it it? is the absolute opposite of hard work yeah and you feel the purpose of why you're there and yeah the joy joy. exactly and then you know it's interesting there still can be lots to do like I have a really busy life now an actual fact 
I'm probably busier than I was in lots of ways. Um, With seven children? <laughs> well. Seven young children? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, diff- it's, it's a different busy. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, my life is very full and, you know, because I do have 17 people I lead um, and they can sometimes behave like children, to be honest. Um, so, um, yeah, and I have, even though most of my children have grown up now, I still have the relationships with them and I am also involved in, a, you know, I do a volunteer work and so I have a very, very full life. But um, so I wouldn't say I have had a life where, you know, your kids are grown and you can settle back, I suppose is what I'm saying. I still have a very full life where there's a lot of caring still in it. There's a lot of caring still in my life. And I'm about to be a grandma next year as well for the first time. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, I am... yeah, it's yeah. All the things I've spoken about still much, very much apply today. Yeah, and I think everything you've spoken about as well is is so inspiring because there's a lot of women that will get to. I know, um, with my own mother, get to the end of that child rearing years, and they do feel like they need to settle back because they haven't honoured, you know, what's needed in that in that time when we were growing up necessarily. And so if we, it, it gives us a, a, I guess if you look at our whole life, you know, we live a lot of us up to the age of 80. What if we do finish off it, you know, the end of when the child leaves home, we, we've got a life that we're kind of then just, I don't know, not feeling as um, alive with, I guess, because we've, over the years let that um do you know what I mean I know exactly what you're saying I think there's two ways what can happen there is that there can be that that step back and you know just sort of have you know a little bit of check out time a little bit of settle down relax time not do as much in life Mm -hmm. or to I see another thing happen to I think uh, particularly for mothers this happens where they stay too involved um, with their children and hang on to mothering um, or the caring because they, 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 they're still getting their sense of who they are from that or that can transfer into over-caring and other arenas in their lives. Um, it's really interesting you say that. I was just saying this to my husband because my kids say to me, you know, you must be lonely now we're all gone. I'm going, oh, no, there's not one ounce of loneliness in my life. My life feels so purposeful so full and I've been I've allowed my children to actually move into their own lives I haven't hung on to their lives or I'm there very much to support them but I let them go in their own lives and actually do you know have their experiences you know not try and prevent anything you know sometimes we try and prevent our children having unpleasant experiences or falling and because you know we don't want them to experience what we've done Whereas I'm more, I'll share with them, you know, potentially what might be there, but I very much I'll let them um, go in their own lives. And something else I was reflecting on the other day too, I felt after I had grown up, I felt very responsible for my mother's life. I can feel her unhappiness. 
and and I did go into obligation to you know visit her and you know want to do things for her to make her feel better and I just was feeling the other day my children have none of that they know I'm completely okay they don't they're not I don't need anyone to be responsible for me that I'm actually leading a full purposeful life and I think that's a beautiful gift you can give your children too as they grow up that you know there isn't that sense of obligation to me or my my husband as um you know as their parents um and that freedom then for them to live their own lives I think it's a real a really great way forward that um not everyone's currently understanding or living that feels like um, the perfect end to this interview. Um, Sharon Gavioli, you are such an inspiration. Um, carer of many. Uh, if, if you've got seven children and a team of 17, it just shows us that anyone can do this. <laughs> um, and I would really love to thank you for sharing everything you have today because I'm sure that um, it will offer many people uh, some some real practical um, tips on how they can support themselves as carers. Thanks so much, Nikki. It was really lovely just sharing it actually and it's what's been so lovely about it for me is sometimes as women we don't always stop and appreciate enough and I can actually feel just from the opportunity to speak to you about it, you know, how much I've got to celebrate and appreciate in my life. So thank you for the opportunity. 